to the Urban Planners Podcast, hosted by Gigi the Planner. This podcast is about all things urban planning related and otherwise. In this setting, we'll discuss the ins and outs of the planning field. We'll even delve into some very controversial topics involving the role planners have to take in their everyday lives and jobs. Without further ado, let's jump right into today's episode. This This is Gigi the Planner. Welcome everyone to episode 22 of the Urban Planners Podcast. In today's episode, I'll be discussing about my experiences starting out as a planning and zoning board chair at the age of 23. So let's jump into the episode. So I am 25 years old, as many of you all know, and currently I am the planning and zoning board chair or planning commission. It's called different terminologies in different cities. But in the city that I live in, we call it the Planning and Zoning Board. So the city that I live in is the city of West Park. And it's actually a fairly new city. It was incorporated about 15 years ago in 2005. And over the years, the city did not have a Planning and Zoning Board. So the city commission was operating as a local planning agency. And they make all of the determinations and approve all the plans related to planning and zoning. So a few years ago, the city decided that they would like to have a planning and zoning board added within the city to allow for a third party to vet some of these projects that come in before the city. So when I heard about this, I was extremely excited because, you know, that was something that I would have wanted to do. And so I said, let me see how I can try to get on this board. Now, every city is a little bit different in getting on these different boards. Some cities allow you to apply. They have applications like volunteer applications. I know the city that I work for, the city of Pompano Beach, has volunteer applications. And you could sign up and you can checkmark different communities that you like to be on and they may or may not at you. Now, the city of West Park, where I live, does not have that. So... There's really no way for me to go in and apply. So what I did was, and I guess I'm sort of lucky in this aspect, is the fact that the mayor is my godfather. So I just went up to him and told him that I would like to be placed on the board. So he said, okay. And a few months later, I was appointed to the board. Now... I have been on other boards in the city, so I was familiar with boards and like how all that works. So this wasn't like a new thing for me. So that was the beginning of 2018 that I was placed on the board. And I think me and another person was placed on the board at the same time. Now, the other commissioners had to appoint their people and they didn't do it for a while. So it was a little while before we actually got, you know, all the members. There's currently five positions for the board. So we started that at the beginning of 2018. And then once we got all the board members on, it was probably around like August by the time everybody was appointed. And so being that this was a brand new board, brand new members, we had a small training, we had a local planning consultant come in and do maybe like our training explaining, you know, what this is all about. And I also went to an all day training with APA Florida Treasure Coast chapter and basically there was like a lot of people there it went along with 
the chapter conference. And so that is what I did. I mentioned this to the city manager that they had this training and I told him I thought it would be really good for the other members to go as well. And he said, oh, you know, I'll look into it or whatever. And I guess he, I, maybe he did look into it, but he didn't move forward and give the other members opportunity to attend the training. So I went by myself and it was pretty good. There was a lot of people there. It was all day and I learned some stuff. Now, mind you, I am the only planner on the board. The rest of the people that was appointed at that time was a realtor, a retired realtor, a local business owner, and I think it was two local business owners from what I remember. And I think the one business owner, he was like an electrical engineer or something to that effect. And so I was the only one who fully understood like what was going on because I'm a planner. I've been working in planning for so many years. I would have thought it would have been paramount for them even more so than me to be going to that training. But the city manager never really worked that out. So we were all put on the board. Now, one of the members never showed to any meeting at all. I think he did come to the training. I think we may have had like two separate trainings. He did come to one or both of them, but he never came to any of the meetings. So eventually he was taken off. And the other member was coming periodically. I think it was a conflict of time for him, honestly. So or he had a busy schedule. So he left and then he was replaced. And the other person still hasn't been replaced yet. So currently there's only four members. So when we had our very first meeting, that meeting is usually the meeting where you decide who's going to be the chair, vice chair, etc. So I was hoping to be the chair, but I wasn't going to nominate myself. I mean, maybe I could have. I don't know if people actually nominate themselves for certain positions, but I was just going to let it happen if it happened. So somebody nominated me, one of the other members nominated me, and they seconded it, and so I became the chair. And then the other female that was on the board, there was only one other female, she became a vice chair. Now, this was the first time I've ever been a chair on a board. I was a little bit intimidated by that because I was so young, only 23, and everybody else was like in their 40s plus. So I did feel a little intimidation about lording over a board being so young. But I'm glad that, you know... I was able to fill the role. And honestly, I was the best person for the role in so many different ways. One, being that I'm a planner, so I already know what's going on. Secondly, as we started our monthly meetings, I was starting to see that a lot of these people, or I don't think any of them, had ever really been on a board before. And so they didn't really understand like the robber rules of order, how to make a proper motion, and all those different types of things. So... I think it was great that I was the one that was selected to be the chair because it would have been a hot mess with the order of the meeting going. So I had been on the Education Advisory Committee for the past couple of years prior to that, as well as the Youth Council Board. And I'd also worked for about three years with the Historic Preservation Committee and the Economic Development Council for the city of Pompano Beach where I worked. I was a secretary. I wasn't actually on the board, but I understood like how those things ran. So I had a lot of experience working with boards, being on boards. So I think I honestly was the best person for the job on all those different measures. So initially, I wasn't expecting 
expecting for us to have monthly meetings because the city is so small. And what ended up happening was it wasn't monthly. I mean, we had mostly monthly meetings that sometimes we had a, a month was skipped. But for a good while, we did. I was expecting to see a whole lot of projects, of course, because like I said, the city is really small. We only have 15,000 residents. It's mainly residential, and we have a small sector of commercial and light industrial. So I wasn't really expecting to see a whole lot of projects coming through and us even have monthly meetings. But we did have quite a few meetings. And as I was mentioning in the beginning, the city commission is or was at the time the local planning agency and they continue to be the local planning agency. So what that meant was that we weren't the ones that were making the final say on these projects. We were just recommending to the city commission whether or not these projects should be approved or not. And so what will happen is we make the recommendation and then at city commission, you know, they get our recommendation and they move forward with the approval or not. And I remember one particular instance where for the for the past few years, the city had been working on a, TO, a TOC, transit-oriented corridor within the city. Now the city had one, but they wanted to expand it along two semi-major thoroughfares in the city. So we had a workshop prior to our meeting, which didn't go so well but we had the workshop and then we were informed by the city attorney about what should happen and how we should move forward and et cetera, et cetera. Now, we were not fully informed about the likelihood of rejecting or denying this project um, and making a recommendation. And when it got to city commission, I came, I spoke before the commission, and I gave them my feedback and our feedback on what we thought should happen. And it was really weird because at the end of the day, the city attorney advised the commission better than they advised us. So it made us almost look sort of stupid a little bit because... She, as it relates to the deadlines and everything, she was saying that, oh, well, we're not going to meet the deadline. It needs to be done by this date because we have the moratorium, et cetera, et cetera. So it was a hot mess, but, you know, you live and you learn, you get an understanding, and then you move on. So, yeah, I mean, that was just, like, one instance of something that happened. I was sort of, like, maybe negative. I think that may be actually the only negative thing that's happened thus far with the board, but... Most of the projects that we get before us are special exceptions for different projects. The special exception is usually something that's put into place through the zoning code stating that a use can be allowed with this particular zoning district, but you need to go before the board basically to get it approved. So we've had a lot of special exceptions. I would say that's probably what we had the most. A few variances, but mainly special exceptions. We had maybe like one or two new projects coming in, basically within the TOC because that area is trying to be developed within the city. So that was what we do most of the time. Now, back in September, I took a leave from the board before I gave birth. I told them I wasn't coming back, I think until like the beginning of January. Now, I don't think they had any meetings during that time because I don't remember getting any emails. And then the pandemic hit, and so we didn't have meetings 
And then around, I think the end of May, we had a virtual meeting. And then we had another meeting like two weeks later. And basically they had these meetings because these projects were coming up and they need to go before commission. So they need to get our recommendation prior to it going to commission to be approved. So the virtual meetings went pretty good. I think we didn't really have too many hiccups. We used the Cisco WebEx platform, which I was new to using that. They did give us, I don't want to say training, but they did try to meet with us prior to ensure that everything was working well. So it did. I think we had good success with that. And also, I want to talk about like best practices that I use while being on this board because I want to put my best foot forward and be professional and all that stuff. So first off, what I always make sure that I do, I when I go to the meetings, I am dressed professionally. Some of the other members, not so much. One guy, sometimes I see he wears jeans, but I will always, you know, dress extremely professionally. I may even wear like a suit jacket, a blazer or something like that whenever I go to the meetings because I want to put you know my best foot forward, present myself appropriately. When you look a certain way, people usually take you more seriously than looking maybe casual. So that is something that I've always uh, made sure that I've done, even with our virtual meetings. I mean, of course I'm at home, but I'm not going to like wear a t-shirt. I'll put on a blouse. I may put on a suit jacket and I'll you know put on some jewelry or whatever, but I do try to make sure that I present myself appropriately in this atmosphere so that's number one number two would be that I make sure that I read the backup our meetings happen on Monday evenings so we receive our backup like the Friday before the Thursday before something to that extent so I always make sure now I do sometimes read it last minute and probably most of the time I read the last minute but I do make sure that I read the backup get a good understanding of what the projects are that's coming before the board and make sure that I have all my questions ready if there are any prior to us going to the meeting. So I always make sure that I do that, make sure that I'm well-prepared, well-versed in what's going on and have a good understanding. Usually, I will probably say maybe 50% of the time I may have had questions and maybe one or two questions of clarification for the staff. Now, being that I'm a planner and I really know what these projects are about and the process, basically, I have asked some questions that they got stumped over a little bit. And I see the lady shuffling her papers, not really know how to answer my question because she wasn't like really prepared for the question. And so that showed me a little bit like for, you know, a point of reference for the staff preparing these meetings that they need to know all the ins and outs of, you know, what they're being presented before the board. Now, I would be asking sometimes questions regarding some of the logistics behind some of the standards for like the special exception. Like I don't fully believe all of them should be the way that they are. I think something should be changed in the code as it relates to that. But some of my questions have been regarding that specifically. But yeah, a lot of times the answers to my questions aren't answered to my <laughs> pleasure or whatever. So yeah, that's something that I've done. Now on the flip side, the other board members do not do that. And I have noticed that when we have our meetings, they rarely ever ask like intelligent questions in my personal opinion. Like a lot of the questions that they ask are basically are answered through the backup. So if they would have read the backup, then they would have known the answer to their questions. And I get a little annoyed by that because I'm like, you should have just done your due diligence and read the backup, read the information that they provided us and 
we wouldn't be wasting our time with these questions that you're asking. And even like the last time, even with our virtual meeting, one of the board members asked a question, but the question was answered when the staff gave their report prior to us doing our deliberation. And I was like, are you like really listening to what's going on? Like, why are you asking a question that's not even really important? I want to say not important, but it was already answered. If you would have listened, you would have already known. So I've noticed that a lot with the other board members that they'll ask questions that shouldn't need to be asked based on the information was already given in the backup or somebody may have already answered the question in the report or what was said prior. So that is something that I have noticed. Now, this is a best practice for people that would be new to the board. Now, this is not really so much for me because I have so much experience, but if you've never been on a board before and you're going to be on a planning and zoning board, I would highly suggest that you learn the robber rules of order. And that's going to be my third best practice. Learn the robber rules of order. I think it would be great for you to sit in on certain meetings, uh, planning commission, planning zoning board meetings, city, city commission, city council meetings, other type of advisory boards, and just understand like how it works. Now, I do know that every city is a little bit different. Every board and every city council, they operate differently. I know there is like a right and wrong way to do things. And like, for instance, people making a motion to adjourn. I don't know if that's like really, really needed. Sometimes they want you to do it. I'm like, I don't think that's actually needed. But I do it anyway for the board that I'm on. But yeah, so I think it's paramount to learn and understand the robber rules of order, how to make a proper motion. Like that is one of the things that people can't seem to get right, especially on the board that I'm on. I'm the only person, like I mentioned before, with prior experience. None of the other board members, based upon like how they conduct the meeting, I don't believe they've ever been on a board like this, a Vargy board. So they don't know how to make a proper motion. And it gets a little frustrating at times. Um, and sometimes I'll have to clarify what I know they're trying to say just for a point of clarification because the city clerk has to write out the motion for the minute. So, yeah, I think that's very important to learn that and get familiar with the robber rules of order because it can be a little intimidating, um, especially being like the chair, vice chair, because vice chair usually, usually would stand in the place of the chair when the chair isn't there. I have made a point to be at all the meetings. I haven't missed one thus far because, like I said, I'm the chair, so I want to be there and I don't have a whole lot of faith in the other members conducting the meeting correctly and things going well. Now, of course, we have the city clerk there, city attorney to sort of help smooth things out, but the other board members are just not fully apt. And even though this has been about two years now and we may have like missed like quite a few months of meetings, but they still don't know how to make a proper motion. And it's not the chair's responsibility to make the motion. They have to ask for a motion from one of the other members and go about it that way. So yeah, I just wanted to talk to you all for a few minutes regarding this, about my experiences. You know, hopefully I can stay on the board as long as I can. Now, one other thing that I would like to point out is you can only be on the advisory board. Well, I guess it may depend on the city. 
But usually, from what I understand, in the code of ordinances, the city will only allow for you to be on the board if you live within that jurisdiction or you may be like a business owner of some sort. So that's why I couldn't be on the board for the city that I work for. I'll have to be on the board for the city that I live in. So keep that in mind. You know, if you're ever looking to maybe possibly be on a board, that you probably have to look within your actual city. And prior to you trying to get on the board, like I said, with me, I just asked if you have a good relationship with any other city council members, because they're usually the ones that appoint to the board. You should try to make a relationship and see if you know it's possible. A lot of times, they appoint people that they know. So if they don't know who you are, then how will they appoint you? Or you know maybe they have there's a volunteer sign up sheet like I mentioned that uh, the city of Pompano Beach has that you can possibly get on the board. So just keep all of that in mind. If there is anything else that you guys would like to know about what it's like to be on a board, feel free to email me. I'll be happy to answer any questions. I do hope and wish that APA, the American Planning Association, would provide more training for board members. As far as I know, the APA Florida Treasure Coast chapter may be the only place I looked a few months ago. They may be the only uh, chapter in the whole U.S. that has a training. And there's usually like yearly. I don't know if they're doing it this year. They may do it, I guess, virtually throughout the conference. But I really liked that training and there was quite a few people there. And the people that were there weren't just people on like planning and zoning commissions. They were on other type of boards as well. So I think it is paramount that we do have the proper training um, to be on the boards. And remember that if you're a planner, you're most likely the best person to be on the board because a lot of times those aren't the actual members of the boards. They usually aren't the planners. So if you want to do that, I would highly suggest you do it and it helps you to build up your resume and all that good stuff. Yeah, so that's all I want to talk to you guys about today. Ciao. Thanks for listening to the Urban Planners Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please head over and leave a five-star rating on iTunes and subscribe to this podcast so that you won't miss out on an episode. If you would like to buy personalized urban planning gear and other products or are in need of some urban planning career coaching, please head over to ggtheplanner.com. You can also follow us on Instagram and on Facebook at ggtheplanner. Have a great week and we'll see you next episode.